0: to pray. Lord God, I thank you for your word and I thank you that you speak and that you are working and you are always moving and active. You're not a God who sits still but you're a God who is always doing things in our lives. I pray for your word tonight that it would speak into our hearts, that it would challenge us and transform us into who you have called us to be. In Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. You know, over the last few months, we've been doing the series, Follow Me, which has been awesome. Who agrees? Enjoyed it. Lots of good sermons. But the fact is, it came from Matthew 16, verse 24. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And all of us in this room, I reckon, pretty close, maybe some people who haven't been at that in the sermons. We all stood and said, i choose the cross and I'll, I'll follow Jesus. And we all made that calling, and that commitment again. But here's the challenge. Once we choose to follow Jesus, what comes next? You see, when Jesus calls us to follow him, he's not asking us to do something that's a once-off. He's asking us to do something that's a lifelong decision. It's a lifelong choice, a journey that we we will, are committed to, not just for a day, but for our whole lives. When Jesus calls us to discipleship, it's about ongoing relationship with Him. I love the scripture that James used last week in Matthew Oops, went too far. Matthew 11:28, and it's from the message Bible, where it says, "Jesus says these words. If you, you know it in the usual Bible, it says, "Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy-laden." and I will give you rest. But Eugene Peterson really expands on it and makes it sound so cool. But he says, are you tired? Anyone tired? We get pretty tired, don't we? Worn out. Burnt out on religion. I know I've been there. Come to me. Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace and I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Keep company with me, Jesus says and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. The next series that we're going to do over the next couple of months is going to be entitled Keeping Company with Jesus. What does it mean to keep company with someone? Think about that for a moment. You see, the thing that Jesus tells us and what we're going to explore over the next few months is what it means to... Exactly keep company with Jesus. Now, it's really interesting that when we keep company with someone, we need to understand that we're not just keeping company with someone. We're not just an acquaintance. We're actually, when you keep company with someone, you're actually a close friend with them. When you describe that I keep company with someone, you're not just saying, oh, that person's my acquaintance, you're actually saying, they're my close friends. You see, when we keep company with someone, it involves things like vulnerability, doesn't it? When you're a good friend with someone, you're vulnerable with them. When you keep company with someone, you communicate with them. There's understanding, there's, there's connection. When you keep company with someone, there's a a mutual accountability between us, isn't there? Keeping company with someone isn't just always a bed of roses either. Sometimes keeping company with someone brings about conflict, irritation. Anyone get irritated with those closest to them? Yeah, very much so. Husbands are prodding the wives. <laughs> but this is, this is the exciting thing that when you keep company with someone, there's also opportunities for forgiveness and restoration. These are all things that keep, keeping company involves. But the thing that it involves the most is that to keep company with someone requires time. No matter how an acquaintance, you don't have to give time. But someone you keep company with, you have to be willing to give time. You know, when Jesus called his disciples, he was calling them into a relationship with him. So often we focus on the ministry part, but the reality is the thing that he was actually calling them to was to have relationship with him. And the challenge for the disciples was that the cost of their discipleship with Jesus was that they were leaving everything they had ever known. Their families, their friends, their jobs to follow Jesus. And they didn't just follow him, you know, Saturday and Sunday and then go back to their jobs Monday to Friday. They followed him 24-7, 365 days a year for three and a half years. They were with him all the time. A few weeks ago, Melinda spoke about walking with God. And the fact is, that's what they did. They were walking with Jesus everywhere and, and they were always with him. Wherever they went, they stayed with Jesus. They were in each other's company all the time. And I think that's a powerful example for us of what our life should be like with Jesus. That we are to keep company with Jesus is to walk with Jesus. And that even though he's not here physically in the flesh, he still wants to walk with us. He still wants to be with us. The Bible talks about it so much. Colossians 2.6 six. It says, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. In 1 John seven, he says this, but if we walk in the light as he, God, is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin, calls us to walk in in Jesus calls us to walk in the light. Goes on to say in Ephesians 5.2, and walk in love, as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Finally, Galatians 5.16 says, I say then, Paul talking, says, Walk in the Spirit. What spirit is that? The Spirit of God. And you shall not fulfil the lust of the flesh. Over and over again The Bible describes our relationship with God as a walk. You know, it's really important that we understand that because he doesn't describe our walk with God or our relationship with God as a sit with God, although sometimes resting and being still is important, but God doesn't want us to stay there. The exciting thing is if God describes our relationship with him as a walk, then he It describes how he wants to relate to us. He wants our relationship with him to continually be moving, to continually be changing, to be growing, to be developing, not to be standing still, not to be stagnant and stuck. He wants us to be pushing forward to more and more in him. He doesn't want you to be resting on your laurels and just sitting back. Our relationship with God needs to always be moving. At the end of the day, who we are keeping company with in our walk of life is what matters most. And if we're keeping company with God, then there's some really amazing things that happen. And I'm going to share with you four things that happen when we keep company with God. Number one, we will find purpose. Like the photo? That's how that's Julie and my walk through Spain a couple of years ago, where we walked for 10 days, 180 kilometres, step by step, backpack, the whole deal. And this is one part we walked through. And uh, the amazing thing about it is you can see we're walking, the, at that, for that day, our destination was that town. And we had a purpose. And when we walk with God, when we keep company with God, there is a purpose involved. You see, when I decide that my dog needs exercise, I go and walk the dog. The purpose is to walk the dog. Isn't that right? So when we walk with God, there's a purpose involved. It's not, not just something that happens or just automatically exists. And this is really important for us as Christians to understand. Because so often as Christians, we're happy to receive the gift of salvation. Amen? That's exciting. We love it. Yes, I'm, I'm saying God has given me salvation. How wonderful. But we need to understand as Christians that salvation is only the gateway or the beginning of our journey with God. Salvation is just the starting point. It's not what, it's not the goal as such. The goal, the Bible teaches us, is to know him to know God, to, dis- to build a relationship with God, because it's when we know God, when we, dis- we discover God and discover who he is, that we discover who we are really meant to be. That's when we discover what we're really all about, who he, cre- who he created us to be. And it-, it says it like this in John 17, verse 3, powerful scripture, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. What is eternal life? To know God. And this is the thing. Some of us aren't keeping company with God because we have not made knowing God a priority in our life. We've been satisfied with salvation, but we've failed to make knowing God our goal and our priority. You see, when we know God, when we make it our priority to get to know him, what happens is we begin to be transformed and we begin to discover the purpose of our lives. See, God's heart is that we know him because he knows that when we know him, we will get purpose and vision for our lives. And that's why I'm making... Our priority to know God, to keep company God, with God, and to walk with God is so important. I don't know if you've noticed recently. I did this this morning and a couple of people didn't notice. But has anyone noticed that I've lost some weight lately? Yes. Thanks, Dee. Thank you. She hardly ever sees me. So that's pretty cool. Um, late last year, I went to the doctor and he, my blood pressure was a bit high. And we talked, and, and he's like, I've got to increase your medication and stuff. And I'm like, I don't really want to do that. And so I, he said, you can lose weight. You can do." N-. I gave up caffeine as well. And um, this year, my blood pressure's back to a manageable state. Now, making that decision to, to lose weight, I, I had a goal that I wanted my blood pressure to drop. And I I want to get off medication altogether, hopefully, ultimately, so that I can keep kicking goals for God for a long time. But um, I had to make a decision. My priority was to lose weight and to get my blood pressure down. And so I had to make choices and decisions to lose weight. It didn't just happen. I didn't just go, please let me lose weight, please let me lose weight. And I lost weight. No, I changed my whole diet. And it was a crazy diet. It was, it's like no carbs at all. And I'm Italian. No carbs, no pasta, no bread, no rice. I, know, I could have some sugar. I could have fat. Can you believe that? I could have some fat. No, no refined sugars, you're right. But no, I could have a little bit of fat and a lot of protein. But I had to stick to it and I had to discipline myself and I had to make it a priority because I wanted to lose weight to get my blood pressure down. It's no different in our spiritual life to our physical life. If you want to find your purpose, to discover what God has created you for, if you want to know God's plan for your life and, and where he wants to take you, then you need to make knowing him a priority, and that means making choices and counting the costs. The second thing, walking with God, and keeping company with God does for us is it teaches us that we are not walking alone. That's actually Julie there walking down a path, and she's she's had very sore feet that day because she bought the wrong size shoes, and. Uh, it was very painful for her. But uh, the fact is, Amos 3.3 Amos 3 says, Do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? What does that mean? In this passage, what that is likened to is that when two people walk together, they make an agreement that they will walk not just together, but in time and in unison and in harmony together that it can be likened to the very language that it uses in the ancient text is that it's like two people, um, they didn't have bikes in those days, but it's like two people walking and marching in step. But if you had a a tandem bicycle, two people pedalling on the bicycle together or two people rowing a rowboat together, that if you want to be effective in making that work, you have to be in rhythm and time and unison together. Isn't that right? And if, if you're riding a tandem bicycle, if two of you are pedalling uh, and keeping in time and doing well, you'll go faster than one person pedalling. But if one person gets out of time and out and of whack and you're not in unison, what happens? It gets all wrecked and you, you ha- you're at risk of falling over. Just like the good old three-legged race, that if you're not walking in time, you're going to fall over and stumble, you're going to hold each other back. And this is the thing that God wants us to understand, is He invites us to walk with Him. But He is the one who sets the pace. Spirit, lead me. He is the one who sets the pace. And our job is to find our rhythm with God, to find our pace with God, to get in line with God, to get in harmony with God, so that we're walking in time with Him. It takes time to learn that. It takes time. But we have to... Make it our objective that, God, I want to know you. I want to walk in time with you. I want to understand how you created me so that I can keep in step with you. You see, when we do that, it's what the Bible talks about as walking in the Spirit. We're walking in God's Spirit, not in our own flesh. When we do that, anything is possible. Jesus described it in John 15 as abiding in the vine, communion with God. And this is what happens when we walk in tandem or in harmony with God. What happens is you'll find that the exciting thing that happens is that the things that don't matter start to fall away. The things that you thought were important are no longer important because what God wants is important. So the things that you struggle with, those battles and those difficulties that you are finding hard begin to fall away when you make God your focus when you make, make your life all about getting in time with God and in unity with God and in harmony with God, all that other stuff you don't worry about. We've got a few people that are married here. Is that right? I'm, I, I might be afraid to ask this question, but did things change in your life when you got married to your partner? This is my experience, and I won't say it's yours, but it's, I'll leave it up to you. But when I fell in love with Julie, the thing that happened is all I cared about was Julie. Stuff, my friends. I'm not coming out tonight. I'm spending time with Julie. And it's still like that. But the fact is... All I wanted to do was spend time with her and the things, all that mattered was being with her. And the other stuff fell away. The stuff that really wasn't important disappeared. And that's what happens in our relationship with God. When we fall in love with God and we focus on Him so much, all those things that we struggle with, those temptations and those problems and those difficulties, those habits... If you put make God your focus, walking with him and walking, those things will begin to fall away. They don't have the same hold on you because you're God-focused. The third thing that happens when we keep company with God is, and this is pretty simple and you might go, this, that's pretty obvious, Ben, but regular catch-ups will be necessary. That passage in Amos, whoops, It can also be translated like this, do two men walk together unless they have made an appointment? Let me say this, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. We've heard that many, many times, but it's the truth that if you don't plan to have a relationship with God, a regular catch-up with God, then it would make sense that your relationship with God is not going anywhere, it's failing to move. But we need to plan into our lives time with God. That may be time in his word. That may be time praying and communicating with him. But it may be just as simple as including him in our everyday life, in everything we do. That's what God wants us to do. So the amazing thing we have in our lives these days is these things called smartphones. Rather than see these And often we do go, oh, they're terrible. Everyone's always on their smartphone. Isn't that terrible? No relationship. But guess what? These can actually help you in your relationship with God. You download a Bible app and every day you'll get a verse of the day notified to you. What a great reminder. Hey, I've got to be God-focused. You can type into your reminders, pray. Or you can type into it, read your Bible. Whatever you need, you can get it to tell you and every day you get a reminder. Isn't that cool? Why don't we use those things, those resources to help us with our relationship with God? Coming to church helps us with our relationship with God. This is a regular catch-up. It, it, won't, it won't necessarily mean it will sustain you throughout the week because it won't. But coming here will give you a boost Worshipping with others will give you a boost. Rubbing shoulder, iron sharpening iron will give you a boost. But tomorrow you're going to have to start again and keep walking with God, keep following Him. And you're going to need things in your life to remind you that I need regular catch-ups with God. Because the truth is, if we don't, then we're going to stumble and stagger and we'll get out of time. And we'll start walking at our own pace and not get anywhere. We have to keep, to keep company with God, regular catch-ups will be necessary. Finally, the last thing when we keep company with God is partnership will become evident. Walking with God means that you're pooling your resources with God. This is the exciting thing. You can liken your your walk with God as to a marriage, a covenant marriage, a covenant agreement, or even to a business partnership. I know that sounds weird, but bear with me as I explain it. Because what God says is, I want to have a relationship with you. I want to keep company with you. And he says, I'm so serious about it that I am all in. Isn't that right? How is he all in? He gave us Jesus. He gave us his very best. And he says, I'm all in. I'm giving you my all, my, my very best. It's all yours. And then he says, and I want you to bring your best to the table as well, your whole life. He doesn't just want our Sundays. He doesn't just want our lives when other people are watching. He wants our whole lives this is the reality of keeping company with God. God is all in, and he, it makes sense that he expects us to be all in. He doesn't want some of us. He wants all of us. Now, that's crazy. That seems daunting, doesn't it? That's full on. But this is the exciting thing. See, when God asks us to be in company with him, he brings all his resource to the table. All we have to do is bring our lives. And I don't know about you, but I think I get the better deal. I'm just giving him me, little old me, but God's given me everything he has. I don't have much. But he's giving me everything. God, I'll give you mine. If you're going to open the windows of heaven and pour out the resource of heaven into my life to help me live this life for you, I think that's a good deal. I know I've been talking about my relationship with Julie a lot tonight, but when we got married, I brought to the relationship... My old HQ station wagon. I was a Bible college student. I was doing it tough. Um, and all I had was a HQ 1970 something HQ station wagon. This is in 1990. It's over 20 years old. And it was worth about 100 bucks, I think, when I traded it in for a bit of cash. <laughs> That's all I had. She brought to the table her brand new. Nissan Pulsar. But she had bought brand spanking new. Who got the better deal? I tell you what, it was pretty cool. Because I don't think Julie ever drove my Holden HQ, but I drove her Nissan Pulsar lots everywhere we went. It's exciting. But that's what it's like with our relationship with God. God, I bring you what I have. I don't have much, but I'll give you what I have. And he goes, that's all right. I've got everything for you. Everything for you. How cool is that? That's, the, that's what keeping company with God brings. But my question to us today, as we come to a close, I've got some questions for you, and they're, they're for me as well, To, I guess for us to reflect upon and think about. The first question I've got is what does my... I want you to ask yourself, what does my relationship with God look like? What does my walk with God look like? Another way we could put it is, am I satisfied with where my walk with God is at, at the moment? Am I satisfied with it? Or we could say, am I keeping company with God or is he just an acquaintance for me? Are we keeping company with God, church, or is he just an acquaintance we catch up with on Sundays? You see, to keep company with God, effective company with God where he is transforming our lives and changing us and growing us and we're walking in harmony with him, it's pretty simple. And if we're going to keep effective company with God, there's only one thing that's required from us, realistically. And that's, very simply, time. That's what God needs from us. And that's pretty challenging in our time-poor world. But there's no substitute to time with God. I can't make it any easier for you. I can't make it any more convenient for you. If you want an effective relationship with God, if you want to walk with God, you need to be willing to sacrifice your time. You can make all the excuses in your world, but the reality is time is all it takes. It's as simple as it is. The exciting thing about it is that God is always available. So even if you thought of those questions and you thought, I need my relationship with God needs to be better, guess what? God's here right now. And he's uh, standing with open arms saying, I'm here, I'm ready. We have to make the choice. It's never too late to start. It's never too late to start again. It's up to us to change our attitude and make a decision to make God a priority in our lives. Because the truth is, whatever is a priority in our lives will take our time. We give our time to those things that matter to us most. So if we're going to keep company with God, it's as simple as this. All you need to do is make the things that please God matter to you the most. That's as easy as it is. Give your time to the things that please God. Anyone, do you feel like you could do that? If you sit there and go, I need to, this needs to be better, well, here's the simple answer. Sow your time into the things that please God. The Bible tells us that praise and worship please God. Does that mean we have to be singing songs? No, what that means is we're always in a place of gratitude and thankfulness to God. When we, we, we get up every morning and we say, thank you, Jesus, that I've got breath in my body because the breath in my body is a gift from you. Having an attitude of gratefulness and thankfulness, praise and worshipping God, pleases Him. It's a, the Bible describes it as a sweet-smelling aroma that goes up to Him. If that's as simple as you can start, is say, God, I'm going to change my thoughts. Rather than complain about life, I'm going to... Be grateful for what I have because I have the, re- the reality is every person in this room actually sits in the top 5% richest people in the world. That's the truth. You go, I don't have as much as so-and-so down the road. You have more than most people in the world because we live in this country, Australia. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Start by doing that. Another thing that pleases God is giving. Oh, Ben, you're going to ask for money. No, I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking, it may involve your finances, but giving of yourself to others pleases God. Laying your life down for others pleases God. Laying your life down for God and saying, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do today. I was just talking to Steve before the service and he talked about this morning in church, there was a lady that was going through some stuff in the foyer and he went, walked out there not realising it and he, he said, a sense of compassion came over me and so I just went over to her and said, can I pray for you? And she, she accepted it. and that, That's giving. He could have gone, oh, that looks a bit weird, oh, I'm going to steer clear of that. Oh, she's a, yeah. But he, he felt compassion and he said, Can I pray for you? And it it helped her. Something switched in her life that she walked back in the meeting and stayed for the whole meeting, which she hasn't done for a long time. That's giving. Making a decision to make giving of our lives a priority pleases God. Do you know something else the Bible tells us that pleases God? You might not like this one, but it's in the Bible, so I'm not going to shy away from it. But patient endurance pleases God. Who struggles with patience? Yeah. Patient endurance. That means walking with God no matter what's going on around you. Keeping company with God even when it's not cool to your friends. Patiently enduring with God pleases God. Holding on and saying, I'm not going to veer off this pathway for any reason. I'm going to hold on to God. Paul explains it in Philippians 3, where he says, I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I've made it, but I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. That's what pleases God, that sort of attitude. That, God, I am I'm running after you. I am running towards you. I am fixing my eyes on you, and I'm not looking back, but I'm just staying focused on you, and I'm not turning back. I'm running this race with you, no matter what. Because at the end of the day, our keeping company with God and walking with God, it's all about who we're walking with. And it's not about, it's not really about how far we go or who finishes first. It's about walking with him. It's about finishing with him and going where he wants us to go. It's all about becoming more like him. Because when we walk with him, like his disciples discovered, you become like him. And that's God's plan and purpose for us. That's his desire. So as we start this series on keeping company with Jesus, it makes sense that we make a fresh commitment to say, I'm going to give my time and make it my priority to walk with him because that's where it starts. Guess what? It's our choice. It's our decision. When we get saved, God doesn't wave a magic wand and we do everything that he wants us to do. We don't, we don't become robots. We still have to choose daily to follow him to keep company with him. You're doing great today. You're in church and you're keeping company and you're worshipping and that's fantastic. But tomorrow, guess what? You've got to do it again. You've got to remember that God is your focus. God is your purpose. Knowing him is what it's all about. All the stuff you do is only an opportunity to know him more. Let's pray. fact is God wants us all to be in this for the long haul. But we need to understand that it's going to cost us something. And most effectively, most importantly, it's going to cost us our time. So I'm going to pray that God would help us give him the time that he needs. That we would be willing to count the cost maybe switch off the TV a bit more often or the computer or whatever it is and focus on him. And if that's in your heart, I want you to pray with me as well and say, God, I make a fresh commitment to give you my time to keep company with you. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that you are a God of relationship, that you have done so much to bring us and restore us back into right relationship with you. God, we love that about you. But we also understand that to keep company with you, it requires our time. It requires our attention. It requires us giving you our all. God, I pray for this group, for all of us here, including myself. God, I pray that you would help us to make that our focus, that your strength and your Holy Spirit would come and strengthen us and enlighten us and remind us daily that knowing you is the goal. Because when we know you, we are transformed into who you have called us to be. God, help us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Really excited about this series, Damien sharing next week and others over the weeks.